0: Welcome back to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope, Harry, and let's just jump right into the housekeeping notes. Uh, Ads. We recorded our first ad, and uh, it should be playing on all the podcasts. I apologize in advance if this is an inconvenience to you, but uh, it is a necessary step to grow this podcast into what uh, I wish it to become in in its next stage. Uh, Another method of making this happen is supporting the podcast for little uh, low, low price of uh, 99 cents a month. You can help support this podcast and grow it into its next iteration. Um, be sure with uh, most of these podcasts there is a corresponding WordPress article with uh, schematics, links, and the like found at harryfelker.wordpress.com. Uh, all of the WordPress uh, posts will be the same uh, title as the posts uh, in the podcast. Uh, As always, I encourage interaction. If you have any knowledge that I fail to uh, add, I would be more than happy to have that conversation with you. If you wish to come on or if you wish to leave a message, uh, you can do so here on Anchor or you can do so on the web page now um, the other interaction I'm looking for is uh, how I'm going to order the next few podcasts if you are a listener and you are listening to this um, I have a couple options ahead of me I can do uh everything soil everything hydroponic and then the addendum for the aquaponics afterwards or i can intermix soil and hydroponics in order to get people the information that they need faster hopefully to uh, get them started growing their own food Uh, now if i do it systematically it's going to be very ordered and then everyone who hadn't has any questions about soil will have their soil questions answered immediately but then everyone who is waiting on the hydroponic stuff will have to wait you know a month and i think that that probably would not be the best so as of right now i'm going forward with doing a mixed podcast where i talk a little bit about soil and i talk a little bit about hydroponics and where it's applicable aquaponics and uh if uh you have any feedback I am more than happy to accept that feedback again you can send a message via anchor or you can leave a comment in my wordpress site harryfelker.wordpress.com and that's it for the housekeeping notes now let's just jump on into meditations meditation number seven the primary source now When I say the primary source, I'm talking about the primary source for survival. Uh, This uh, set of meditations is about food, so the primary source for food survival is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, And to set the framework for that, I'm going to talk about the survival scenario requirements. The primary survival scenario requirement is a high-carb, high-fat, easy-to-digest diet. And I understand if you are keto or if you are um, paleo or if you are a carnivore diet person, that this is not going to be something that you're going to find attractive. But we're not talking about living in a first-world um, abundant scenario we are talking about living in a survival scenario so the primary thing you want is you want to make sure that you have the carbs in order to function from day to day you don't want to carb starve yourself and you want to have high in fats so that when food is a scarce item uh, you do have reserves to work off of (laughs) Um, The second consideration here is high output for the least amount of effort. I can't stress enough that you will need to make sure that you can make enough food to overfeed with as little effort as possible. The more durable that food is, the longer it will last after you've, you've picked it, plucked it, what have you, the better as well. Uh, and as always, calories, is the equivalent of survival. The fact of the matter is, when you are in a survival scenario, and you will find this with a lot of trail survival foods, they are high in calorie, dense in fats, and this is the point of that, the reason why that is, is because that is the key to survival. And now, we will talk about the humble potato. I would be remiss if I did not mention that Star O'Hara, Technate on uh, a Substack inspired this uh this whole discussion on the humble potato uh but let's dive right on in see you soon Welcome back. So why potatoes? Um, there are two survival scenarios we can really talk about. Uh, if you have a family, you're most likely going to be in a sedentary survival scenario where you're not moving around very much because, well, you're only as good as your slowest member. And if you have children, that's going to be a problem. Uh, and then the mobile scenario. And if you are a uh, like a survivalist solo person, this is probably um, a better scenario for you. Um, how does the potato factor in here? Well, uh, in, the, in the sedentary scenario, our large crop per plant um, requirement is really met in, in the potato. Uh, of course, the potato is high calorie, and is very storable. Uh, what this means is, um, well, the, the flesh of the potato, the inside of the potato is a very high-calorie ca- starch. Um, there's also micronutrients that are in the skin, so if you, if you grow potatoes that like Idaho's russets, what have you, that have a, a thick skin, it's actually very rich in your, your iron, calcium, vitamin C, and all these other other things that you are going to need to survive. Um, now, as far as storable is concerned, well, um, with the exception of you needing to have a ventilated root cellar, um, a root cellar will hold potatoes for up to a year, I believe is, is what uh, the recommendation is on that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, if they go bad, that's the only reason why you really need the root cellar uh, Ventilated now in a a non propertyed environment that becomes a little more tricky because you can't really put a root cellar in no space whatsoever. But uh, for proprietary people, that is available and still storage capabilities are there for potatoes if you're in a sedentary scenario. Now the mobile scenario is a little trickier when it comes to the potato because there are uh, pests and diseases that can affect potatoes if you are not caring for them properly. But in uh, in overall, they can be strategically planted and hidden in plain sight um, amongst uh, amongst other low-growing plants. You uh, you don't have to maintain them. It's going to affect the output, but if you literally know exactly where you've planted all of them Uh, you can go around in your circuit you know if you're doing like this uh, not staying in one place type of thing Um, but you have like a a wide territory like uh, like wolves or what have you you can uh, um, take advantage of what you can get without maintaining the potatoes Um, and you could always build root cellar caches. Um, if you did happen to have like a, sed- a sedentary scenario where you built up a bunch of potatoes, you could carry those potatoes out to root cellars around in your territory and cache them. Of course, they will be good for about a year. So you you have that time to eat them. Um, so in this sense, uh, Potatoes are pretty much a superstar as far as a survival food. Now, again, I'm going to note that this is not a complete nutritional supplement. This is just a you-need-to-get-to-the-next-day-survival type of scenario. Um, now, uh, as far as grow, growing methodologies are concerned, there is a lot out there. Uh, a lot. The, there's traditional growing there's uh hydroponic growing there's container growing there's there's a billion methodologies for growing a potato so in any aspect in any sense there is no reason why you cannot grow potatoes you can grow them in an urban environment um with, with either a fluorescent light, uh, a, a sun-simulating fluorescent light or LED light for, for low energy output, or out on a balcony or fire escape, you can grow them on large tracts of land and use you know, specialized tractors to pull them out of the ground for you. Uh, you can grow them in small containers um, uh, hydroponically using a ver- uh, Paralyte, uh the volcanic rock uh, substitute. So, in essence, there is literally no reason why uh, you should be calorie deficient in a survival scenario, as long as you are willing to put the work in to bring the humble potato into your home. Um, So, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit further about growing methodologies. We're going to do a deep dive into the traditional soil methodology, and then talk about how container and hydroponic systems are slightly different. So, we'll see you soon. Okay, so... Growing methodologies. The traditional soil methodology for growing potatoes uh, requires very large tracts of land. So this is particular to people who have property and have property available to grow potatoes. Um, Your soil has to have uh, a bit of a higher nutrient requirement. If you uh, scroll on down the, the line to the first focus of meditations... Uh, about compost uh, composting and compost teas that will serve you in spades you will want to revitalize your soil as much as humanly possible you are still going to want to run a crop rotation where you have the soil go fallow for a year um, or for a growing season depending on where you are and uh, these things are going to build you a better potato growing operation um potatoes like sandy and well-drained soil uh the reason why is because those tubers have to move you know they have to spread out a little bit so that they can gain size and uh and that is important to remember when you are preparing your soil for a potato grow and um the other aspect of the soil the acidity uh soil uh acidic soil is very favorable to the potato and i'm only talking about slightly acidic like a ph of six to six and a half so if you have neutral soil uh, it's not going to be uh, deleterious to growing your potatoes but uh, if your soil is alkaline you will run into uh, a number of nutrient problems when it comes to your potatoes they won't be able to absorb the nutrients that they need to grow, thrive, and produce for you. Now, um, for the most part in a a ground scenario, you can set it and then treat it as as that and allow the potatoes to grow out into the soil. One of the problems with that is then locating the potatoes after the fact. Uh, If you are not using a large tractor and you're pulling them out by hand, Uh, That is going to be your biggest challenge is finding all of the potatoes Um, One way to really deal with this is to side dress your potatoes Basically, you're going to build a mound that your potatoes are going to grow up into and it will kind of force the potato to uh, Centralize in in that low location where the mound is as opposed to going down reaching out and spreading further Um, When uh, When doing this, basically you're gonna be heaping your soil onto the potato, you know, once a uh, week-ish. And uh, then as you fertilize, you fertilize the mound, not the ground. So you fertilize directly where the potatoes are as opposed to the ground in general. You're not gonna drench the entire soil. Um, Now, when you fertilize, uh, you're only gonna be doing that once uh, every four weeks. You may want to fertilize a little bit more when you plant them but then you're going to lay off and wait until about four weeks to hit them again with fertilizer because you don't want to burn the potatoes either. And just as a reminder if you're listening to this podcast you know how I feel about things like weed killer. This is an important note. You do not use weed killer when you plant your potatoes. Weed killer will kill potato plants. Now, uh, as far as watering is concerned, uh, you want to drench the soil, drench the entire soil, about one to two times a week. Um, If you get, if you're in an area that gets about one inch of rain a week, that is also uh, uh, good. If you don't, if you don't water your potatoes, but you get an inch of rain every week on the week, then you are, your potatoes are going to be healthy. Um, now as far as weeds pests and diseases are concerned um, you want to do frequent shallow cultivating with a hoe Um, that's how you're going to weed your potatoes you don't want to dig down deep you don't want to just rip uh, the tops off and leave the roots in there you want to go in with a hoe very shallowly and get the root balls out as well um that's how you deal with weeds. And you're gonna to wanna to do that at least twice a week. Uh, as far as your your pests and diseases are concerned, uh, blight, uh, uh, verticulum wilt, soil borne diseases, uh, can carry over from season to season. So it is important that if you do have these issues, that you journal them and you mark out the areas where this happened because you are gonna try to avoid using that area again for growing potatoes. Um, And uh, this is also the reason why I always suggest use certified seed potatoes when you start your project because then you're guaranteed that they're not going to have these diseases. We'll come back and we'll talk more about growing potatoes. Continuing along with the blights and maladies of the common potato, um, healthy, well-fed plants uh, result in disease-resistant plants. This is something I touched upon with composting and using compost tea, that people were saying that the compost tea itself is reacting negatively to parasites and i'm finding that that's not true that the truth of the matter is it's just a healthy plant is a better resistor to negative effects now one of the other things that you're going to find with potatoes and uh, this is something that um, is a lot more common than most people understand is scabbing uh, potatoes can uh, form bacterial infections on their skin now these are not harmful you can literally eat the scab as gross as that sounds Uh, and it doesn't taste good it's not it's not quality but um, it is completely edible Um, my suggestion of course is take the scab potatoes cut the scabs off throw the scabs away and use the potato as as you would normally without the scabbed piece um, and that's pretty much what we're looking at as far as our um, weeds, pests, and diseases, the most common things that you're going to come across. And always remember, if you do have a persistent disease or a fungal growth in your soil, that this is going to potentially persist year after year in the same area. And you can't use those potatoes as seed potatoes, and you can't... Um, Use that soil again. You need to uh, really let it run fallow. Possibly implement a, a burn or something to try and get rid of whatever is in the soil that's destroying your crops. And uh, and carry on with your with your potato project in another area. And then after you've had a time to really treat the issue, return to the original area. Now, as far as harvesting is concerned, the the traditional grow normally in industrialized potato businesses, they have specialized tractors that pull the potatoes up out of the ground. It's sort of like a rake. Um, you, uh, You do have options though in a smaller scenario where you're hand picking. You can actually hand pick your potatoes and preserve the plant. What that means is that that plant will persist to grow more tubers throughout the season. Um, The other option is you can carefully dig around the plant and pull the entire plant out and reset uh, after you've finished harvesting. Um, You generally want to use a turning fork to... uh, to get the potato plant out of the ground. Uh, I would also use a turning fork if you're going to side dig your mound and just pull the tubers that you need as you need them. But these are are the two methods of harvesting for ground-based potatoes. Now I wanna take a minute to talk about using a container. Now, again, container you're still going to need very nutrient-rich soil the soil that you used previously you're going to have to re-enrich with compost compost tea or other uh, fertilizing additives to to regenerate the soil for the next batch of potatoes Um, there are some perks to using a container uh, and to using contained units to grow your potatoes number one Uh, It is a controlled environment, especially if you are growing them inside of a building. Um, If This is very particular to apartment, city-dwelling people. You can literally grow potatoes all year round as long as you can maintain a 70-degree temperature. Uh, And that's important to understand. If you live in a place that has winter eight months out of the year, you can provide food for your family with a small grow light and uh, two or three container bags of potatoes and that's important Um, the other perk is that there are no runners there's no possibility that your potato is going to branch out and you're going to have a whole bunch of potatoes that you don't have access to because you can't find them in the dirt Um, and there are plenty of market solutions for grow bag containers i actually do have one that is on its way to my house right now my apartment and i am going to be showcasing a video vlog of uh, a potato grow uh, on my youtube it'll be linked onto harryfelker.wordpress.com, harry wordpress.com and um, i i don't think i'll be doing it live i think i'll just be recording it and then editing but it will uh it will showcase the full setup then the progress and then the fruits of the labor Uh, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that regardless of your situation you will be able to provide a plentiful potato crop for you and your family and when we come back we'll talk about hydroponics. welcome back we are at the last segment of meditation seven the primary source a introspection in the humble potato Uh, we went over ground uh, growing we went over container growing Um, and now without any further ado we're going to talk about hydroponic growing now really hydroponic growing and container growing are uh, with the exception of the one difference exactly the same you have a highly controlled environment you have no chance of running uh, and there are plenty of market solutions out there uh, that will that will aid and assist you along the way the main real real main difference between hydroponic and container growing in soil is the hydroponic system and the substrate that you use to grow your potatoes in. Uh, the substrate favorite for potatoes is something called perlite. It's a volcanic rock uh, product that um, is not uniform in shape. It holds moisture. It wicks. So when you apply a drip system to it, that moisture gets distributed amongst the vermiculite. Um It doesn't get soaked, it just stays, it just has available moisture with the nutrients in it available to the plant to take at its leisure. Um, You don't want to do any of the soaking methods of hydroponics when you're dealing with potatoes, mainly because if you do those, you're going to run into a problem of uh, the potatoes taking on too much moisture and rotting from the inside out. So, Generally you're looking at a drip system only when it comes to growing your potatoes and growing them in a productive manner now um, Again uh, This is the same as a container so you can literally do this inside your home uh, With a container or a hydroponic system You can take them outside and use the Sun rather than using an indoor grow light uh, you do have the power consideration of a hydroponic system because if you're going to use a drip system You're going to need some method of moving the water from the reservoir into the plants and with any hydroponic system you're going to want to try to make sure that the reservoir isn't open to the air so that It doesn't evaporate away on you uh, Now to recap the entire Meditation uh, we went over uh what makes a good survival food, why the potato is really the one that shines above the rest. And I I feel I did actually miss a point in that. Um, One thing to remember, that there are plenty of high carb foods out there. Uh, Wheats, uh, corn being the, the primary ones that people think of when they think of high carb. The problem with those is that have to process them Uh, you don't necessarily have to process corn but if you want to use it in any other way other than corn on the cob you have to process that food and if you're looking to make uh, a flour or cornmeal or anything like that you need a mill and there that one aspect is where the potato shines above the rest I mean not only does it not have the same land requirement, it has a, a smaller land footprint, but to use it in any form, it can be done by hand. You do not need like a mill or a press or anything like that. So that is one thing also to keep in mind. Then we went over to uh, we went over to uh, talk about how to grow potatoes in a land scenario and then touched on containers and hydroponics now i also want to mention i have been doing some research about container growing in relation to the video that uh, i will be producing uh, for harryfelker.wordpress.com and the general uh, consensus is that if you are dealing with a container that is less than five gallons you're only going to want to do one plant at a time. Uh, Now the common size uh, market bags that I've seen for potato growers have been five, seven, and 10 gallons. What that means is that if you're generally just buying one right off of the internet, you're already starting off with uh, a container that probably will be able to handle two plants. Uh, A five or a seven will absolutely be able to handle two plants the advertisement on uh, on the 10 gallon is that it can handle up to four i'm a little reticent to put four uh, potatoes st- uh, starter seeds in one container uh, if you do want to uh, uh, experiment with it i would go to three and uh, and see how that works out and if you end up with a lot of extra space in there then try four Uh, As always, mileage is going to vary from person to person. Um, This has been Harry Felker, your Blasphemous Pope, and uh, I hope you use this knowledge well. I'll see you next week.